0: Um, Before today, you perhaps saw on a poster or in social media or maybe on an invitation card that looks something like this one, maybe someone handed one of these to you and you have seen these words, in him was life. Just four words, in him was life. Life. It's actually from a verse in the Bible, it's it's referring to Jesus, and it's from John chapter 1 verse 4 that reads this way, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. In him, referring to Jesus, in him was life, and that life, his life, is, was, is the life The light of men. Jesus is the light of the world. That's really what that verse is saying. So it's referring to Jesus' life. In him was life. Of course, that life that is again referred to here both preceded and followed his death on the cross. Jesus didn't simply have life after the cross. But, of course, the life that was in him, the eternal life, was also there before the cross. Jesus' death on the cross. If you were here last week, uh, I shared that that death on the cross, his death on the cross, I, I referred a lot to the cross that's on the wall to your right Jesus' death on the cross became the single greatest moment in human existence. If you could pick all of the moments in all of human history, that moment in which Jesus said, it is finished, and then the Bible says he gave up his spirit, in that moment it was the single greatest moment in all of human existence. It really was because it was through his death, that our sins are forgiven it was in his death that we receive eternal life and it was by his death that we experience ultimate victory because of his death on the cross now we look at that and when we look at the cross now nearly two thousand years later when we look at that cross we see it as a symbol of victory we understand his death in light of his resurrection but we see his death as a moment of victory. But to the people who were very close to Jesus, the people that had been with him for many months or even several years, to the people who were close to Jesus, his death did not look like victory. You have to understand this. At at the moment of the crucifixion or that, that event of the crucifixion, and in the hours and even few days following that, it did not look like victory. To those people, Jesus' death appeared to be tragic. It, it was, it was, it was no, no victory whatsoever. It was final, it was dark, and it appeared so hopeless to those people. You see, Jesus was dead. He didn't just pass out, go into a coma. He was physically, literally dead. Dead. The the Roman guards. The Bible tells us that the Roman guards who were overseeing Jesus' crucifixion, they were very efficient. Sadly so. They were very efficient, and they made sure that he was dead before they lowered him from the cross. In fact, they 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 the Bible tells us that, that one of the guards took a spear, ran it into his side to make sure, right near his heart, ran it into his side to make sure that he was dead. Jesus was dead. The Bible then says that Jesus' body was removed from the cross. It was removed by two men. The two men are recorded as being a part of this process. Two men, one, one man's name was Joseph Another one was named Nicodemus. It's the same Nicodemus who appears earlier in the book of John where it says that it was to, to Nicodemus that Jesus said, you must be born again. It's the same guy. And, and so Joseph of Arimathea, this is not Joseph, Jesus' father, uh, our earthly father. Uh, th- this is a different Joseph. But these two men, along with two other women, who were both of them named Mary, Mary, the Bible tells us that they took care of Jesus' body and they placed his body, Jesus' body, his dead body into a hillside grave. You know, that must have been a pretty, pretty sad and somber task. I want you for a moment just to go back to that. Remember, these people, these people knew Jesus. They loved Jesus. They had been ministered to by Jesus, set free from things by Jesus. And now his lifeless body there carrying to this hillside grave. What, how somber that must have been. How sad that must have been. The Bible doesn't go into detail, but Jesus' disciples must also have been heartbroken. Jesus' disciples, there were 12 of his disciples. One of them, the one who betrayed Jesus... Right around this same time of the crucifixion took his own life. So now there are only 11 disciples remaining. The 11 disciples are scattered into a lot of different places. They were fearing for their lives. They were wondering what was going to happen to them. But they too must have been heartbroken. They had followed Jesus for three years. They had seen the things that he'd done, heard the things that he said. They saw his miracles. They ate food that was was multiplied from, from just a small portion of food. They saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus raise other people from the dead. They they expected something so different. This is not what they were looking for. Just one week earlier, the Bible says that they came into Jerusalem, and people were waving palm branches and saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The disciples were thinking, this is the next king, and they they were expecting a different kind of king. This is not how they wanted it to end, so they too must have been crushed. You know, death has a way of destroying dreams. You ever notice that? Death has a way of destroying people's dreams. But the Bible says, The Bible says that on the third day, we sang about it this morning, on the third day following, Friday was the crucifixion, first day, Saturday, the second day, on the third day, on a Sunday, early in the morning, the Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, here's the thing, we don't know the exact details of what happened. We, We don't have those details The Bible doesn't describe how life flooded back into Jesus' body, but we are given the accounts of those persons who first learned of Jesus' resurrection. I have some friends who are going to read to us this morning, read those accounts to you. The first account, we've been a great deal in recent months in the Gospel of Mark. This first account is from the Gospel of Mark Chapter 16, and I want you to listen to Diana as she reads.
1: When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early, on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. Who was crucified? He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone,
0: because they were afraid." If you can imagine that scene, these women hearing this, walking in, they were expecting something entirely different. It must have been shocking. What they saw, what they heard, the Bible says, uh, what you just heard Diana read, it says, referred to a young man. He was, he was an angel. He appeared to be a young man, but he was an angel. He's dressed in this white robe. And what this angel told them must have been absolutely shocking. They thought, again, they thought they were simply going to the grave to make final preparations of Jesus' body. You see, they couldn't the day before because it was the Sabbath day. The Jewish Sabbath day is a Saturday. But now on Sunday, they're free to go and and, and touch the dead, and they wouldn't be, you know, unclean for the Sabbath or a bunch of the, the rituals that were there present at the time. And, but they're just going thinking, okay, we're going to make final preparations. This is our last time in which we can minister to His body and then, and then get on with life. They were shocked with what they saw and with what they heard, because they learned that Jesus was alive. They they knew that Jesus in his ministry had raised other people from the dead. Um, there was a little girl who was raised from the dead. There was a uh, there was a, a a man named Lazarus who was dead not only one two three or days but four days he was dead four days and the Bible records him as being raised from from the dead so they knew that they knew that Jesus had raised others from the dead but they they they're hearing this news and they're wondering. How was it that the resurrector was resurrected? How is it that he is alive? They had a lot of questions, maybe more questions than even answers at this point. Verse 8, that Diana read just a moment ago, says they responded to the news of Jesus' resurrection with trembling and with bewilderment and with fear. They, they didn't fully understand the significance of Jesus' resurrection. They didn't understand, they didn't have the full picture like you and I have the full picture. They didn't understand entirely what this meant. So let me just bring it to you for a moment. Let's, let's, let's move from that place hundreds and a couple thousand years ago down to your life, if this morning the concept of someone coming back from the dead, if that concept is rather difficult for you to comprehend, well, you're in good company. Because these women also wondered how this could happen. They were the first to find out, these women, three women, they were the first to find out that in him was life. They were the first to hear this amazing news. Now, around the world, in fact, today, on Resurrection Sunday on Easter, around the world, multiple millions are being reminded of Jesus' life. They were the very first. What an honor. They were the first to learn about resurrection power. There's something else that Diana read a moment ago. The angel said that they were to go, that's the word that is used, they were to go, and that they were to tell his disciples, and then it adds the word, and Peter. The angel said, go and tell his disciples and Peter. So while those three women were the first to know, God also wanted the disciples and especially Peter to know. Nathan is going to read that account from John chapter 20. And I want you to listen to this. And you're going to hear more about these men, John and Peter. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The two disciples, again, were Peter and John. These were, these were two of the disciples that Jesus often took with him for special things. Peter, James, and John. Two, these are two of them, Peter and John. They had actually been with Jesus a few days earlier in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they had seen how Jesus was agonizing about what over what he was about to face. These two people, John, by the way, was the disciple who Scripture indicates that he was the one who was closest to Jesus. Of all of the twelve, there was a, maybe a bit of a special relationship there. Um, this is, in fact, what Nathan read is from John's account, the gospel of John. John often refers to himself almost in a third person sense. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, indicating that very special relationship. John, the apostle John, was at the cross. As far as we know, he was the only disciple who was present when Jesus was crucified. He was there, John was there when Jesus died. And he apparently wanted to be among the first to see him alive. So I want you just to picture this. These two guys, they hear that Jesus is alive. They hear it from these women. So they run to the tomb. The Bible says, John, we we think he was the youngest. That's why he outran Peter. He got there first. But he stops at the entrance of the tomb. Peter finally catches up, goes inside. And then shortly after that, then John goes inside. He wanted to be among the first to see Jesus alive. He, he, he wanted to see what resurrection power could do. Now, Peter, uh, Peter's an interesting study as well. Peter, the other disciple, the one who got there second, but he was the first one into the actual tomb. Peter is also mentioned here. He wanted to see Jesus as well, but for a different reason. For a different reason. You see, a few days earlier, when Jesus was arrested and, and put on trial, He was arrested on a Thursday night and during that night, though Peter was nearby, on on a couple of different occasions, actually three different occasions, people came up to him and said, aren't you with him? And each time, three times, Peter not only backed away, didn't say, didn't didn't remain silent, in fact, he he quite vocally said, "I, I know nothing about him. I have nothing to do with him. Three times, the Bible tells us, Peter denied knowing Jesus. Those few days, again, Jesus died on a Friday shortly after 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, this is Sunday morning, early. Let's say 6, 7, maybe 8 o'clock. Those hours, those 36 or so hours, 40 hours between one event and the other, those 40 hours... I'm assuming, and I think it's a safe assumption, we're among the worst hours of Peter's life. See, regret does that. Uh, Don't raise your hands, but have you ever done something and you look back and you go, why did I do that? (laughs) How could I mess up so much? Why did I do that, say that, go there, think that, do that, drink that, smoke that, whatever, you know? (laughs) Why did I do that? How could I betray that person? How could I let that person down? You see, there's a lot of us that can look back and we go, man, I regret that. Peter felt that kind of a thing. But you understand what death does. Death means that we can't go back and and undo things, but now something is different. When, When Peter heard that Jesus was alive, he knew there was a way to make things right. There there was an opportunity. Here's what I think. It doesn't say it in so many words, although we can very clearly imply it later on from what happened after this. But here's what I think went through Peter's mind. If Jesus is alive, then there's an opportunity for restoration. This one that I betrayed, not, not betrayed, the one that I denied, Judas betrayed, this one that I denied knowing, not once, not twice, three times, now maybe there's an opportunity for me to be restored. And now resurrection power has made all of the difference. Because because there was life in Jesus. Because in Him was life. That light dispelled the darkness of regret and remorse. And glory to God, here's the great thing, it still does. It still does. It didn't work just for Peter a long time ago in a land far, far away. It still works today. I'm grateful for eternal life that comes because of his resurrection. I really am. I'm grateful for that. But I'm also thankful for the restoration that is possible right now because of the resurrection. See, here's the thing someday I'm going to die. Oh, newsflash someday you're going to die as well. Unless Jesus returns first, we're all going to die. And, 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 and then if we're in Christ, we get eternal life. But here's the great thing. Restoration doesn't happen just at the point of death. Restoration can happen right now. See, I know that because I've seen resurrection power operating in people's lives. This is why, this is why I, I, I show up every day because I see resurrection power in people's lives. And I've seen how he has restored so many of you. I was talking with a, a brother and a sister in the Lord earlier and we were talking about how how, you know, we all have stories, right? We all have stories. (laughs) Some interesting chapters in some of our stories. But the great news is that Jesus restores. He fixes. He didn't come for perfect people. He perfects people. He restores people. And Peter was one of the first to know that. Peter was one of the first to experience resurrection power. Well, Many people saw Jesus in the weeks after his resurrection. Actually, there were hundreds. But the very first person to see Jesus physically alive, well, her story is also recorded. And I want Dara to read that account to you. This also is from John chapter 20. Then the disciples
2: went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, She said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her.
0: You know, I've, I've read that many times. Maybe you have as well. You've heard that account of, of Mary Magdalene. And I'm always amazed at it. And I, as, as Dara was reading it, I was just again imagining that scene in my mind. The, the verses that she just read, um, if you were to look at the verses, the, the first verse that, that she read there says that... Um, uh, it, it begins with with Mary Magdalene, brokenhearted and weeping. So that, that's how it is in this, in the few, the nine verses that Dara read, it begins, it's it's quite a spectrum. It begins with this woman who's just heartbroken. See, Jesus has been very important to her as well. She's come to faith in Christ, but now Jesus was dead and she's heartbroken. Uh, she had been healed within her uh, of a lot of stuff and 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 now he's gone. She's heartbroken. And, and it says that she's weeping because now not only is he dead, but his body is missing. She's wondering what, what is going on here. But it ends in those, those few verses. It ends with Mary telling others that Jesus was alive. I didn't tell Dara how to read it, but I liked how she read it because uh, it, it, she, she showed the, 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 the emotions. It went from brokenhearted to joyous. Jesus is alive all in the span of just nine verses. Everything changed. Everything changed because in him was life. So I want you to get a hold of that. Everything changed because in him was life. What, what we do here this morning, what we do every day as followers of Jesus Christ, because every day I live, we live in the power of the resurrection it's not just a concept. It's not not a membership. It's not a a belief system that we simply adhere to and hope for the best. It's not something that we do because we were taught it earlier and we just don't know anything different. We live in the power of the resurrection. Later, Later, because everything changed, Later, in the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter one, Jesus said this, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and of Hades. Hades is another name for hell. Jesus said, I hold the keys. You see it before you, I wanna read it again. I am the living one, Jesus said. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever. And because of what he did, he went on and he said, And I hold the keys of death and of Hades. Jesus defeated death. He defeated death. You know, we look at death and it is so big, it is so ominous, it is so hard but Jesus defeated death. We regularly feel the pain of death. We regularly feel the pain of death. close friend of mine, this message was largely finished last Tuesday night. A close friend of mine, one of my closer friends in college, same age, started our freshman year, graduated together our senior year. He passed away on Tuesday night. close friend of mine died from cancer. I felt that pain for a couple of days since then. I just just feel it. I mean, this is my my brother in the Lord, my dear, dear friend, and he passed away. And I feel the pain of that because I visited him in in the hospital in Minneapolis a few months ago, but I'll not see him again, at least on this side of heaven. Many of you, some of you here this morning, many of you actually, have lost someone recently we were to go down these rows there would be somebody that you know a friend a co-worker a family member who who passed away we weep and we mourn and we hurt death is painful but hear me death will not have the final victory death will not have the final victory if those who died were in christ And if you are in Christ, you will be reunited. Let me say that again. If those who died in Christ and you are in Christ, then some great and glorious day you will be reunited. And in that day, though there are some tears on this side, but in that day every tear will be wiped away because life is in Him. Because life is in Him. (laughs) I like I'm the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and of Hades. The accounts that we read, the accounts that you heard, these different perspectives, these different persons from different angles, observing it in different ways, people with different backgrounds. But the one thing that they had in common was resurrection power. They saw it they experienced it and they were changed by it. Here's the thing this is, this is more than just stories from a long time ago. But this resurrection power is available to you. Let me say it again some of you need to hear this. This resurrection power is available to you. Some of you are experiencing death, and I'm not talking necessarily physical death, but the death of something, and you're just, you're mourning and you're broken. Let me tell you something, resurrection power is available to you. Some of you are living with some of those regrets, you're going, I can't undo it. And you're right, you can't. You can't go back and fix things. You know, people say, if I can go back. that's What a silly question. There's no way. You can't go back. You can't, but you can be restored. You can be healed. And that's the best news ever. this resurrection power of Jesus is available to you. I would like the praise team to come or the, the, the gathering of people that are going to, to minister in, in a moment. We're not done. This is a very, very important time. I'd like you just to hold, and, and in a few moments, you're going to hear some persons sing a song, and uh, you're going to, uh, you're going to see the words on the screen And as they sing, as they minister this morning, I want you to do this. Please listen to the words. You'll see the words on the screen as well. And allow the Lord to speak to your heart, every person here. We're not done. I'm going to come back, but I want you to hear this song. It's about resurrection power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear that this morning.
1: As we think about the resurrection, his resurrection power, his might. We can live in that resurrection as Gary was just talking. His power through us.
0: just words on a screen and of course with all due respect to the word words that were read to you this morning it's not just a story from a long time ago it's something very real and very living today there are some of you here who have never experienced resurrection power there are some of you here who have never yet experienced new life in Jesus Christ not condemning you not not in any way trying to put you down because every one of us, everyone here on the platform and every one of you seated there today who do know Christ, there was a time in which you didn't. But you can. You can. This morning there are some of you here that have never yet experienced resurrection power. You've heard it talked about. You've seen the accounts of these, but today is your day. Today's your day. Today is your day. Today is your day to experience resurrection power. The regrets that you have from the past, the things that you can't undo, Jesus can restore. The lostness that you felt, the the dread, the fear that you have of death, the finality that you've seen death that can be broken. This morning in these very important moments, many of us have been praying for these moments for a very long time. Because we knew that there were going to be people here today who do not yet have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, people who have not yet experienced resurrection power. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Everyone, please, would you bow your heads? And I want to pray with you, but I want to identify you. I want to pray with some persons here specifically. If this morning you are not sure what would happen to you if you were to die today... I mentioned a few moments ago that everyone dies. If you were to die today, can you say with certainty, I would go to be with Jesus because I've experienced this resurrection power. Can you say that with certainty? If you cannot, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you so that when you leave this place, you will know, you will know that you have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. But before we pray, before you identify yourselves, I also want to pray with those perhaps who have been, you, you may have had a, a relationship with Christ before, but something's happened. There's been some wandering between then and now, there are some things that came in and really kind of pushed out your walk with the Lord. You may have always believed in Him and known that He was there, but something has broken that relationship. I want to pray with you as well. So this morning, I'm going to ask with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, I do want if, if that is you, if you want to, the, 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 Bible, the Bible says this in Romans 10, 19, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how important the resurrection is. So this morning, if that is you, would you do this? Would you, two things, just lift up your hand, open your eyes and catch my eye. When you see me looking at you, then you can go ahead and put it down. But I, I want to pray with you. So this morning, again, if that is you, if, if if you don't know that if you were to die today, you would go to be with Christ, but you want that certainty, you want that living relationship with Christ, or if you've been wandering and today you say, I'm coming back, I'm, I'm going to renew this relationship with Christ. If that is you, would you please do that? Lift up your hands right now and catch my eye. Is there anyone? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Someone else. Thank you And back. Someone else. This is very important. Please. We're, we're, we're not in a hurry. Is there anyone else that would say, yeah, that's me. I want to pray. Then I'd like you to do this. Those who raise their hands. Again, the Bible says that if we declare with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we will be saved. It's not only what we say, but also what we believe. So would you do this, those who raised their hand? In fact, in fact would, would you all just be willing to pray this prayer with me, even if you prayed it a long time ago? It's going to be a very simple prayer. You can repeat it after me, but please pray it sincerely. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe in resurrection power. And I need that power in my life. I declare you as Lord. And I ask you to come into my heart and forgive my sins. I want to follow you all my life I pray this in Jesus name help me stand help me walk after you in Jesus name Amen now if you could lift up your eyes this morning I want you to stand would you please across the sanctuary and we're going to close in prayer Can we sing this again can you do that again you guys up to it can you do it again sam are you ready we're going to do this again and and by the way now he's going to lead us but um the words are going to be up there so if you want to sing it you certainly can we'll just we'll sing it through once and then we're done god bless you this morning we're so grateful that you have been here with us at afa on this great resurrection sunday and by the way tomorrow it's resurrection monday and tuesday it's a resurrection tuesday Because we live in the power of the resurrection. Amen? May the Lord bless you as you go in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing this on the way out. And feel free to sing along. i morning as you go and you live in the resurrection power because of what Jesus did on the cross and through the empty tomb. God bless you. Go in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ.